Hi, and welcome to The Middle Podcast. I'm Dana Lynn Condi, your host. Thank you for listening. The only reason why I started being able to go to church activities and uh, meeting with missionaries was because... Insert full disclosure here, right? Yeah, I started sneaking out. (laughs) Um, Like... Many teenagers uh, sometimes Do, go through. But not sneak out to go to church usually, right? Usually not. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Middle. I'm Gainalyn Condi, your host, and I am so excited to have our very special guest on The Middle today, Emily Jane Ziegler. It's a great last name, Emily. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's it's German, German roots. I know. I love that. <laughs> I speak a little German, so I totally... Um, I'm feeling a connection there. So thank you for being here. Here on The Middle, we talk about and unpack stories of being in the middle because we're all in the middle of something, right? And we're all living things that we don't have the end chapter yet with the little bow and the happily ever after. And the things that we're going to talk about today, even though Emily and I both identify religiously for towards the same religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known previously as the Mormons. (laughs) But um, we know that friends of all faiths are going to gather some really cool uh, insights from your story. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing your faith and light. Just in pre-prep, I've loved our conversation. And in, in the story of the middle, we always have to have the beginnings of the middle, right? Even if we don't know the end of the story, we yeah. do kind of, it helps us understand what we're living now if we can go back a little bit and get a little backstory. So you grew up, uh, what did your family identify religiously as? So my family growing up, we were Baptists. We okay. attended Baptist churches for as long as I could remember. And it wasn't until I was 14 that my best friend introduced me to his faith, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And so um, we were talking about this a little bit before. Your family, what did it look like to be Baptist? Because everyone, whether you're Catholic, Muslim, Jewish, LDS, your way of living your faith can look different depending on your family. That's so true. Um, For my family, I feel like it was unconventional in many ways we were a military family so feeling like we had strong connections to our congregation was hard because we moved yeah and um so for us it looked like going to church every sunday and although my parents were sometimes busy and could we couldn't have scripture studies at our home often um my mom would always always loved referring back to god and the higher purpose in all things. So you felt like growing up with this Baptist faith gave you an understanding of prayer, of God, yeah. of community. of and Especially scripture study too. Yeah. Um, something I love about the way I learned to read the Bible was that we just dive right in. Mm, I love that I so love much. That. So you have a friend that's, you're 14 years old, which is an interesting age Especially if you understand the history of our church, right? Yeah. 14 is a very specific age. The Joseph Smith story kind of launches at age 14. Yeah, my friend was telling me about another 14-year-old who was searching for light and truth in his life. Oh. So Joseph Smith, that's how he kind of brought it up. And so immediately, did he go straight to, do you want to come to church with me? Do you want to meet with our missionaries? How did he share? So he knew that I was having a bit of a hard time in high school. 
and I just wanted to understand more about life and I felt frustrated about so many things and we were just talking and he just shared so much with me he told me about the plan of salvation and the three degrees of glory and the restoration and the book of mormon and he told me even specific stories in the book of mormon wow and i thought it was very weird at first <laughs> i just <laughs> hey I listen remember, at the middle we are honest it is a little weird right <laughs> yeah it's, i it was it was totally different right. and for some people it's something they grew up with in right. their culture but for me i had never heard about um the nephites so, so you were struggling with teenage stuff. What were yeah. some of the things? Because I think that is a great backstory a little bit, right? Yeah, I was struggling with some bullying in school. But then yeah. I also struggled with my own mental health. Yes. And my parents and I, before religion came up, we didn't always agree. And that was tough because like I... Like a normal teenager. Yeah, like a normal teenager. And, and I just... I wanted to know more and I, I didn't understand and it was hard because sometimes being a teenager is just tough. It, listen, all the teenagers <laughs> catch in the middle. It's not forever. This, whatever it feels like in the middle yeah. of teenagehood, which we'll probably have an episode about being in the middle of being a teenager, yeah. right? It doesn't It doesn't feel like it's ever going to change. It feels like this is how your world will always feel in junior no, high or high school, right? It felt like there was never going to be an end. And I, I just wanted to know like, why we were he- why we're here, you why know? Why we're here. Exactly. So your friend shares his faith with you, and it resonates with you pretty quickly. Yeah, and it gives me a book, a book of Mormon. Okay, and do you read it right away? I read it right away. I called him though, but I first started reading it, and I asked him, "Do I read it like a fiction novel? Do I read it like a nonfiction?" <laughs> Which it can be a little full of both, right? There's yeah. some pretty intense fiction <laughs> sounding stories, right? Yeah. Um, and I within a month. I actually wrote in my journal that I believed in the church and I wanted to be baptized. Wow. So you let your parents know right away? I let my parents know um, within two months and they said, no, they didn't want me to be baptized and they didn't want me to be part of another faith. And Emily, that's really why we wanted you on the show because your story is not much different from other families. And even if your family identifies as Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, we totally at the middle embrace and welcome a conversation about all faiths, right? But in this situation, it was triggering for your parents because yeah. from a cultural standpoint, being a member of our church is very um, specific, maybe yeah. in culture, not just in doctrine, right? We've yeah. talked about Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon. That's additional scripture. Yeah. But there's also cultural parts of being a member of the church that your parents weren't okay with or yeah. they were afraid of what was their concern so i think one of the scariest things especially for my mom who 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 had her own spiritual journey throughout her life not not how would you say it she with her beliefs she she didn't think she'd be with me in the afterlife oh. but then with me joining another church she felt like I, I think that she felt like she was losing me culturally too yes. because going to Baptist churches that was something my family shared and right. that was something we did as a family and when I didn't want to be part of that anymore and I wanted to be part of a different church it was a loss for them yeah and um and 
I didn't always understand that point of view. And I felt, you know, you know, being so young, I felt like maybe they're just trying to hold me back. I think they were more like, instead of holding me back, they're trying to cradle me and keep me a little bit closer yes. for a little bit longer. So I think teenagers and parents all around the world that are watching this will relate to that struggle, right? Yeah. Usually teenagers are not begging their parents to go to a certain faith or church. They're <laughs> yeah. trying to listen to certain music or dress a certain way mm-hmm. or maybe hang out with a group of people that the parents are like, no, we're not okay with yeah. that. But for you, it was around faith. Had you met with the missionaries or had you not yet? So I wasn't able to meet with missionaries for a year or two, actually. Okay. Um, the only reason why I started being able to go to church activities and uh, meeting with missionaries was because insert I st- full disclosure here, right? Yeah, I started sneaking out, <laughs> um, like many teenagers uh, sometimes Do, go through, but not sneak out to go to church usually, right? Usually not. Um, <laughs> And that put another uh, roadblock in yes. my relationship with my parents. Because they weren't trusting you, maybe? Yeah, they weren't trusting the church. And then uh, when I was going to go to the church, um, they they didn't like that either. And it was hard for them because it was very stressful. And they, again, I think they just felt like they were losing me. And we need to say, Emily Jane loves her parents. Oh, I do so and, much. And, and values family. But there was this burning, what we like to say, our vernacular says testimony, right? There was a burning testimony and it had the the things that your friend had shared and then Mm -hmm. reading the Book of Mormon, all of that had created for you this desire to risk sneaking out and being a part of the church. At one point, and we want to get to some of the heart of where you've been at the last four years, but Mm -hmm. at a certain point, your parents said, absolutely not. You cannot be baptized. You can't join this church until what? Well, if it were up to them, I don't think they'd want me to join at all. Ever. But they knew, and they even, they told me that we, that they knew that when I was 18, as soon as I turned 18, that I would probably join. And I'm turning 18 in a couple of weeks. So, yes. so at the, <laughs> the time of this taping, we don't want to ruin the end of this part of the story. That's but true. you're almost 18 now. But for the last four years... You um, then were trying to preserve family relationships, which we can all relate to that. And to do that, you agreed to not go to church. Is that what kind of was the the peace deal? So when I, after I started sneaking out, it was actually through the encouragement of my church leaders who, as they began to understand the situation, they encouraged me to tell my parents the truth and to to build a relationship that was based on off of love and trust with my parents. And it wasn't until April 2019, a few months before I moved out, that my parents started letting me go to church once a week. And that was after I actually stayed home for right. for months and for not months. going I didn't go to church during that time. So the church leaders of the area you were living in mm. recognized that there wasn't complete honesty and yes. they very much wanted to make sure your family relationship was the priority. And so they turned you back to your parents to say, we're not kidnapping her. We're not trying to brainwash her. Right. I'm assuming here, right. (laughs) Yes. That, that you need to Emily Jane, tell your parents what's really going on. And that's really where I'd like to spend the rest of our conversation on, because in that period of time, you had a really unique opportunity yeah. And that opportunity is the middle story that I love. And that is that you kept wanting to grow in your faith. Yeah. But you couldn't attend a congregation and have Sunday school teachers and leaders help you along that way. You had to find your own way 
of growing your faith. Is that accurate? That is. Um, I remember in the first couple of weeks after I told my parents the truth, I turned to the elder course president of my ward. I told him, I don't know how to do this. Mm. I I want to be there. I want to go to Sunday school. I want to go to Young Women's. And he told me to... And just side note for our viewers that aren't familiar, Elders Quorum is for the men and Young Women's is for the teenage girls, 18 and under. And so those are just, those are organizations within the church that help support. It's where we decide who goes to which class based on age and And that's a big cultural thing too. It's a big cultural thing. Yeah. Right. um, And that's maybe another reason why my parents didn't quite understand uh, understand at first. Yeah. but yes, I, I reached out and I asked, how do I do this? And he shared some amazing advice with me. And that was about dedicating a, a space and time every single day to turn to God and to just reach out. And that was, I know that's one of the things you really wanted to make sure our viewers understood. And the reason we invited you on the middle is because what you have now experienced for the last few years, not by your choice, but out of respect to your parents and mm-hmm. to to keep those relationships honest and open and connecting, is now what the world experienced yeah. through the at the time of this taping, the pandemic, when churches all over the world had to shut down. Yeah. And members of all congregations of all faiths, no matter how they identified, found themselves doing home-centered church. Yeah. And you are now an expert at that because (laughs) of your experience, you have a way to um, share what you've already gone through to inspire those of us that are like, wait, how do we do home church? How do we not show up to our classes with our teachers? Yeah. And, and one of the things that you shared that we really wanted to make sure we emphasize is that you realized from what this church leader shared with you that you needed to have dedicated time and space to connect with God every day. Where is that and how did that look for you? So for me, it was it's always above my bookshelf. Okay. Um I have this I have a little um a little what do you call it, ornament at the temple, which is important in our faith. And I also have pictures of Jesus Christ and I have all my church related materials there for like scriptures or just Your inspirational, journals. my journal. Yeah. And I, yeah, um, on Sundays I would go to that little corner cause it has everything I needed. And that's, that was a little space when I go into my room, I can just look at it and like, Oh, this, this is where I need to be. Wow. I, I love the idea that we can all use that. It doesn't matter what your faith is. We can relate to um, the discord in a family and the loss that your parents were afraid of having if you identified with a new faith. Yeah. But we can all learn from that. Like, are we setting aside the distractions of life and going to that dedicated space every day or once a week, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for you, to show up for the, what I call a sacred appointment with God. Yeah. So that your faith has space to grow. Absolutely. What did you learn about how you kept yourself motivated to do that? For me, the for the hardest thing was to actually go and do it. And um, I remember the first few days I felt so frustrated. The first few Sundays too, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do it. It's not going to be the same. And it's, the fact is, it's, it won't be it's the same. Not, yeah. You know, oh, having home centered lessons and plans for for reaching out to God, it's it's not going to be the same as going to a church, whether it's 
at a because chapel there's not a community yeah. there there's not the other people raising hands or sharing yeah. thoughts or giving talks or singing exactly right it's different but you found i found that every time i went i felt a little bit more strength than the last mm. time and i felt i felt motivated to go again and every time i felt i felt like mm, maybe maybe i should take a break when i went again i felt more resolved than last time i love that the other really important takeaway you wanted to make sure the middle viewers learned from your experience and being in the middle of this because you haven't been baptized yet, you're about to turn 18, yeah. is what have you learned about God in dedicating time and space for him daily or weekly? What have you learned about him? I've learned that throughout all the times that I felt maybe he isn't with me right now. He is. He really is with me. He's holding my hand constantly even if sometimes i feel like i i'm struggling to feel the holy ghost or i'm struggling to feel god's love he is 100 percent there he i just don't have all seeing eyes like he does i love you know? that i love that um he became very personal for you probably yeah. i would just say faster because you and he had to be the two involved yeah. right it wasn't about a community or other people that you like yeah. at church or your friends that you were excited to see or was the teacher really good or was the music yeah. really good it wasn't about that for you your faith has been built on a personal relationship with God absolutely and I've I found in moments where I, I when I when I took that time to be closer to him I knew he was there and I know he is still here with me I you know that. And I, um, I feel so blessed to have those experiences that may have felt so lonely at times where I couldn't go out and seek the company and the spiritual, the spiritual upliftment from people around me. The thing is, I know that I couldn't have done that by myself because those times were lonely, but I wasn't alone because I had God with me. And no one can take that from you. Yeah. What a beautiful gift that you've shared with the viewers of the middle. Uh, this isn't the end of the story for you because your faith and my faith and everyone's faith is always on a growth pattern, right? But what's your happy news for this part of the metal story? After four years, I'm finally getting baptized on July 4th. Wow. A great day to celebrate. <laughs> Fourth of July in America is a pretty big deal. It yes. is a pretty big deal. And um, I, uh, so many of my friends who have encouraged me throughout the past few years are actually coming we're planning to tune in through um, broadcasting because the coronavirus pandemic. Right. And, and I'm, how are I'm your so, parents with this? I I think it's still hard for them. Yes, and especially because this makes it so much more official. Right. Um. And you understand that more now than you did when you were fourteen. Absolutely. And I somehow again, like I have not been alone in this journey because this, um, me still being a teenager, I feel like. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I, I shouldn't I be more angry, you know, at the world? But I feel so much love and I'm so grateful towards everyone in my life, my parents and my friends and everyone that has supported me in the past, not just the past four years, but my entire life. Wow. And I, I think naturally I wouldn't have that love and gratitude on my own. I love that. I love the idea of acknowledging that that grace is yeah. really, that's how it manifests, right? That even when relationships and families are hard or faith doesn't look the way, church doesn't look, our jobs 
college, nothing is looking the way we thought a few months ago, that the grace of God, of Christ in our lives is that we can find joy in the midst of that and feel grateful for wherever we're at. And I, and I'm just going to say, I can feel the love of your parents through you and your love for them. And I think we all have complicated relationships. And I think you've done a beautiful job of honestly sharing how you've navigated some of this, that, that no matter who you are, you can relate to why this is complicated and why this is sensitive. And um, I know that your parents are going to keep feeling that love and joy from you and you'll feel it from them. And that's how we navigate the paradoxes, right? Yeah. And something that's been really interesting for me is realizing that maybe the reason why it hurts sometimes when you're in the middle of things is because you want and you love and you, you're, you, you have passion and that's why it hurts sometimes. Your parents aren't, aren't being saying what they're saying because they don't love you. They they're saying yeah. it because they do love you and you're not wanting this because you don't love them. It's because you love them. Right. Absolutely. And, and then when we can remember that we're all coming at things from a place of love most of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> then we can navigate what it looks like and how it translates. Thank you, Emily Jane, for being here and for sharing your faith. And no matter who you are, um, if you're, if you're tuning into this during the COVID-19, whatever, that's still playing out for you. I hope that you've been inspired by Emily Jane's experience with her own personal dedicated time with God and how she grew in her faith when she couldn't show up in a normal congregation and community. Thank you for sharing that because I know that we're all learning how to do that. We're all learning how to navigate our faith and put the distractions down and walk with God and trust him through everything that we're facing. So thank you for being here. And thank you. Thank you for sharing these amazing stories of faith and love to to the world. I, I appreciate it so much. Thanks. And thanks for joining us here at The Middle. Please share this episode uh, with someone that might need a little push towards developing their own faith, no matter how they identify and what religion they may call themselves under. And uh, I hope you'll join us again here at The Middle so that you too can find inspiration in navigating your own middle story. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want more of The Middle, make sure you find us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll see you again soon.